Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome to uh, the CES edition of the Engadget podcast. This is episode 21, Ooh, Las Vegas. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, we're, on, we're on a kind of a tight schedule. We can't ramble as much as normal, so I'm going to get right to the introductions. Uh, joining me, Billy Steele. Hello. James True. Hello. Nicole Lee. Hi. How are you guys doing? We're here. Yeah? <laughs> yeah, Houston, buddy. If not in spirit. Surviving. True. Surviving. You all woke up this morning, so that's something. That's true. That's right. You might not wish you did. <laughs> also true. Jury is out. Uh, so how many CESs is this for you guys? Five. Five for me. Eleven. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. You've done even more than me. Yeah. I, need, I feel like I need a medal or something. I, I think we'll you do. You well, actually, don't you get a little ribbon? <laughs> oh, the ribbon I got was like the five-year ribbon, which I feel really ripped off, to be Wait, honest. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You did 11 years. I did 11 years. You should get a 10-plus ribbon. I should get a 10-plus ribbon, but they gave me a five-plus your ribbon. Did you not ask them? You know. Did you say, whoa, back up, back up a little bit? <laughs> is it a badge of honor to be here more than 10 years? I don't know if I it is. Um. So for those, who, <laughs> for those who don't know, uh, CES is celebrating its 50th anniversary. That's and right. all of the exhibitors and uh, journalists were given little ribbons to put on their uh, badges, letting everybody know just how long they've been suffering through this massive, massive event. <laughs> Um, I am on the lookout for one of those 50-plus ribbons. I haven't seen one yet. Um, I want to find that guy, though, and find out what it, the fuck is wrong with him. It, it, is, it is just one guy, I bet, right? Yeah, it's, it's got to be just one, one person. Uh, and even, even if you were here 50, would you really want to advertise that you've been here 50? I would like, be keeping that a secret. <laughs> um, so we're officially into CES now. Yes. This is for us it's been going on for a few days. Yeah. We had uh, all the big pre-show events unveiled, Pepcom and all the press conferences were yesterday. Uh, any sort of things standing out to you guys, any trends, any like super exciting products? There's always TVs. <laughs> I mean TVs is a safe bet. I, I, I always find that our problem is you think that we're here for so long, 4 days already or whatever it is. And then you sort of think, I must have a bunch of stuff that I know about now. But because you're so funneled into your one thing, everyone else seems to do all the fun stuff. And you only ever see some, like, whatever's unveiled. You're doing some smart lock or whatever, you know. So I haven't really seen anything big yet myself. I do feel like there are a lot more cars this year for some reason. I, ha I have the feeling. Yeah, well, I mean, that's, that seems like that's something that started a few years ago. It started to become a bigger, bigger part of the show. And then last year, uh, I believe... Robbie yeah. wrote, wrote the piece about how CES had finally just embraced it and become a car show. Um, and speaking of cars, if you're hearing a whole lot of background noise, that's our neighbors at Ford blasting music uh, over us. They're Hi, guys. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, Chrysler this year, they're skipping the Detroit Auto Show, which is next week, I believe. Yeah. They made their announcement here, which yeah. was the minivan for millennials. Yeah. 
all, all of the big car companies seem to have press conferences this year, which is kind of craziness. This is supposed to be Samsung and LG show. Right. And now Toyota, Ford, and Mercedes are like... I feel really sorry for Robbie. Like, he's our car editor, and he's our one car editor, yeah. and he has to cover all of the car conferences. Uh, and it's kind he's of He's actually oddly excited and still chipper. <laughs> Very strange. I don't know how that guy does it. Yeah. Especially some of the meetings, they seem to... Because they have to be far away sometimes if they're doing autonomous cars and yeah. stuff like this so they tend to be sort of out in the desert or wherever it is and they're like six in the morning like start for the event not to get up like Robbie has woken up three at three in the morning to go to an event I do not envy him at all uh, um, so the other big trend though uh, has been sort of voice control in literally everything everything yeah. uh, yesterday I, I there was a voice controls trash can yeah can you tell us a little bit about this? Because I'm not entirely <laughs> sure I understand. <laughs> you say, open can, and it'll open. And that's literally that it. That is literally it. <laughs> <laughs> Who, why? Who needs it's, that? It's in case you're doing something already with your feet, right? I guess you're doing something like this, so you can just like throw it in like that, because it's too much bother to get up and push the pedal. Well, yeah, well, that foot pedal's going to break after a couple weeks anyway, so. Sure. And the voice control won't. No, it's forever. Voice control is forever, that's right. <laughs> Motors never wear down. That's Microphones right. never ru get ruined. 100%. And computers are perfect and infallible. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that is literally... I mean, yeah, there is no reason yeah. why you need a voice control trash can. Yeah, I, I literally don't understand it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, on a more serious yes. note, uh, we have seen, especially with Alexa, everybody just kind of like either deciding they're going to hook into that ecosystem and let their products talk to it and be controlled by it, deliver information to it, or actually building Alexa into the products themselves. Yeah, there, um, Alexa is in, like, is in a variety of cars now. Speaking of Ford, our neighbors, uh, you can control Ford cars with Alexa. It's in Hyundai vehicles. It's, I think it's coming to BMW as well. So it's kind of crazy that you can just like... Because it's in all of these different car manufacturers now. Yeah, there's just like an open source standard yeah. that's going to be available for all automakers. So it's going to be more than just a few who have like made specific announcements yeah. about it. So we're, we're putting it in cars. Yeah. Yep. Robots. Um, there, was a, there was a robot called, I think, Lynx, uh, by a company called UV Tech. Yeah, something like that. Um, and <laughs> and it's like a dancing robot that you can control by with Alexa. It's powered by Alexa's S Similar voices. to Pepper. Yeah, yeah, it looks like a sort of dancing Pepper that you can also ask it uh, for a chicken casserole recipe. <laughs> sure. I, I apologize to the viewers who may have had their view blocked by the jerk that just walked through the cameras. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call out everybody who's being Well, I mean, a it dick. was their view of you, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, that actually legitimately distracted me watching that. I was like, you're kidding me, right? Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> so... You, UB a, Tech, right? That's where we were? with Alexa yes. is where we were. We were on Alexa. Yes. Um, they have, like, a whole line of robots, though, don't they? Yeah. It's not just the one. It's like... Oh, a, yeah, there are I, a few. I think it's called, like, Alphabot or something is the line. That is a good name, though. Come yeah. On. They must have thought of that. We'll build the product around the name. Yeah. I feel like that about a lot of things we see here, though. It's always like it's... Name first. Name and first. We'll, we'll do the uh, seed funding after. Yeah. And also there's occasionally the ones where you think that maybe they should have looked up what their name means in other languages. <laughs> right. There was one at uh, Pepcom last night. The, I'm not going to say on stage. You shouldn't. Right. But it was a pet-related product with a very poorly thought out name. Yeah. Uh, was, it, was it powered by Alexa? 
I didn't go near enough <laughs> to find out. Yeah, there, there was one at Unveiled as well that was a... Uh, it turned out, you know, I didn't really notice it at first until I was, like, Googling the product, and I realized, oh, this is, like, a super racist-like way of pronouncing a word. Great. Yeah. I was like, okay. And then you have Sony, who's just given up entirely, and they just do a series of letters and numbers yeah, as well, the product names. So Super creative. Soundbar HTMT500. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. I, I mean, I can understand. That's the sort of thing that gets me excited. I like random collections. Like, something I could use as a password. That's, like, how yeah. I like to think of my... 100%. Yeah. So, what you're saying is their naming was just a copy and paste error. Yes. Someone pasted their <laughs> password in, into the Google Doc. Somebody's life is absolutely ruined right now because it was their banking password. Um, so, not Sony, but we have had LG and... Whirlpool. 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 That's the one I couldn't remember. Yep. Uh, also doing the Alexa thing. Yeah, you can control your fridge with uh, by talking to it. But how to how what do you need to control on your fridge? Uh, turn the ice maker on and off. Of Tem course. Temperature control for temperature like control. specific compartments. I would have thought it made more sense to have that where you can sort of like hook into um, Amazon's grocery stuff. That would make sense. Yeah. So you could be like, order me more beer. Well, so you, you can do that, though, because, I mean, because it's Alexa, you can just, like, reorder stuff from Amazon Pantry or whatever it's called. Well, Whirlpool already had, like, Amazon Dash um, functionality built the, into the some button, of their right? things. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the ordering buttons. So Alexa is just, like, an expansion of that, but Whirlpool is doing more than just a refrigerator. It's laundry, ovens, laundry. Washer, so dryer. you can ask Alexa... When your clothes will be dry, when you need to switch them out of the washer. It'll sort of like ping, I think, I think it will pink your smartphone or something. Right. Like, yeah. Your clothes are dry now, come. I mean, to off. be fair, that seems actually super useful. Um, yeah. I know that whenever I go and do laundry, I have a tendency to get distracted and the buzzer on the dryer at my parents' house because I live in a one bedroom apartment, don't have room for a washer and dryer of my own, don't judge me. Um, like, I always forget about it and I'm like, oh shit, I should go do that. And you know, my wife would be like, where are you? I'm like, well, I've only done one load of laundry because I got stuck watching TV and distracted and the uh, wash has been sitting in the dryer for about an hour now, untouched. Yeah. So you've got loads of tiny sweaters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very, very tiny sweaters. Plus with the, I'm sorry. No, you go ahead, I'm sure you're I was gonna say with the refrigerators, like Samsung always puts like a massive screen yep. in their refrigerators or whatever. So these companies are thinking that the refrigerator is like, the centerpiece of your kitchen, yeah, and it's a place where if you have like a bar where you sit and eat breakfast, you can get your news and your weather and stuff like that from Alexa to the front panel of the refrigerator as well. And so that's kind of one of the things that they're doing di a little bit different, though. So Whirlpool, uh, unless I'm mistaken, is letting their devices talk to Alexa, so you can control them through an Echo. It'll send information to them. Yeah. Uh, but LG is actually building Alexa into the refrigerator. Correct. Like, it's, it's a standalone Alexa unit. Right. So you can talk to it, ask it weather, and all of that I, stuff. I, I think that seems to be a lot of the... Some of these applications that we're talking about, when you when the machine talks to Alexa, so you can ask it questions about that, that thing it's doing, makes a lot of sense. That's quite useful. But a lot of the time, it seems to be that there's some sort of overlap with stuff that you could basically just do from your phone already anyway. And it's, if anything, it takes longer with Alexa because you go, Alexa, and then it has to beat back at you, and then you have to ask it something. And you sort of think, I could have already done this with my phone. Yeah. Or you, I could have already walked over and turned the dial to you know, defrost my refrigerator. Uh, right. But it's not quite as much fun. <laughs> it doesn't feel like the future. I, is voice control fun? 
Yeah. When it works. Yeah. How so, often does it work? 50% of the time, okay. I would say. Wow, uh, we are blowing through our time, guys. Uh, we actually <laughs> just got the two-minute warning. Um, so, I guess, what are you looking forward to now? I mean, what else is going on? Any final thoughts on voice control? Um, I will say that the appliances, having it in the appliances seems a way better use case than a speaker that sits around your house, to me. I'd also like to see less of a, a tight grip on it from Alexa. I'd like to see maybe Google stuff coming yeah. out into stuff. Because for me, that's a little bit more useful. Uh, for me, like, if, any, if I can control it with my phone, I see no need to control it with my voice. Bingo. Yeah, see, that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, I'd rather my devices talk to a service like Google Home or Alexa, and then I control it from my phone. I don't need a separate speaker. I don't need Alexa built into my refrigerator. And honestly, even if it would connect it to Google Home or Alexa, I wouldn't use it anyway. <laughs> just, just once, out of the box. Sometimes low tech is the best tech, guys. Why don't we just kind of talk a little bit more about the stuff that you've seen at the show? Because, um, I mean, I personally haven't had much of a chance to go see the floor and see a bunch of stuff. So I rely, I'm going to rely on you to tell me what I need to be checking out. Uh, so, Billy, what was kind of your favorite thing you saw? Uh, so far... It's the B&O, B-O-Play M5 speaker. It was announced this morning, um, and we'll have something up on the site later this afternoon about it. But uh, it's a multi-room audio, wireless speaker, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, Chromecast, Spotify Connect, AirPlay, all of it. Does it use Wi-Fi like the other ones used to, the original wireless ones? Uh, I'm not 100% sure. But um, I'm sure it's in. They have like a long list of specs and stuff like that. But and is it beautiful? I'm guessing it is. Oh yeah, it's that's like half of it for me. It, their stuff is like so well designed, and it's it sounds really good. But it's like a it's 360 degrees, so it sends uh, simulated surround sound in every direction, um, and then you control it. There's an aluminum plate on the top that you press down to play pause and you rotate to oh, adjust wow. the volume. But no Alexa in, in that one. No, but it does work with Google Home, so you can use Google Assistant to control it. That's almost it. better. We'll call back to the first part. More voice. Yeah, <laughs> more voice. That's what I'm we sure call it callback <laughs> in the business. I'm sure it's uh, reasonably priced as well. $600, so not <laughs> bad. Oh, what? Not I mean, bad. Uh, well, I'll take it back. <laughs> yeah. I was expecting $6,000. Their last, their last <laughs> multi-room audio wireless speaker was 1000 So BNO is a luxury brand, so that's yeah. kind of par for the course. But $600 is not bad, I guess, yeah. for BNO. It, it sounds really good. It's really, like I said, it's really well designed, and for as far as BNO stuff is concerned, it's a good price. Yeah. So. And, and that's more or less in in line with like what you'd pay for like a Sonos or something, right? Yeah, for the bigger ones. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit more still, but uh, I think the sound quality is a little better okay. than Sonos. The other key thing is they announced it today, and it's available today, which never happens oh. at CES. Yeah, wow. Like, wow. You can go buy it right now. So That almost never happens at CES, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm not going to do that, though. Well... <laughs> Your wife probably wouldn't appreciate you spending $600 while you're gone to see No, this. no. And I, I like being married. It's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James, what about you? Uh, for my best thing? I mean, I've seen any weird stuff right now. So the best thing for me is I'm actually wearing it right now. Ooh. It's, uh, it's called the bracelet. And that is a beautiful pun. It's a bracelet or watch, I guess, that um, 
it kind of is like it's a not a watch because it can't tell time. Right. I mean, a thingy that you put on your wrist. That's kind of what I meant. Um, a, a bracelet. <laughs> right. Yes. Bracelet. Yeah. Yes. Um, and it's kind of funny. It's um, it's pitched as a wearable subwoofer, so it's got a transponder in it. So you plug your headphones into a little, just a very tiny dongle, which then goes into your phone, and that communicates with this, and it passes all the low frequencies over all the bass. And every time there's bass on your music, you feel it here on your wrist. Now, it's not some sort of shitty general vibration like your phone. It actually has, like, pitch and tone, or it feels like it has pitch and tone. I was going to say, it doesn't really, because you no, can't hear it. No, but you feel it. like a, if there's, like, a bass wave, that goes, you know, you, you feel that, that rise. Do you just feel it on your wrist? Or you do it... just feel it on your wrist. But when you put your headphones on, you've kind of already, you're already your oral senses are, are locked into m your music. This is probably more well suited for certain kinds of music, too. Oh, absolutely. Like, so I've got awful bass-heavy music taste, so... Ter really terrible. <laughs> right. He does, so, he does. So for that, it really kind of kicks ass. And the thing is, it's one of those things, like, when you take it off, you're like, oh. It's like, oh, it doesn't feel... The music feels a bit little lacking now. It's like when you get off a boat. Just like when you get off a boat. <laughs> <laughs> I think... That makes sense. You get off a boat, you still feel like you're on a boat? Right, right. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, more like it's, the opposite. It's kind sea of, legs? It's like when you take off tight shoes and you're like, suddenly everything feels different. Like, like... <laughs> the, the fact that you don't have shoes on? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the, the, so, uh, let's, let's not roll with that metaphor. So, um, yeah. it's a little bit pricey. It's $199, which I don't think... It's not going to attract casual users, but... Um, there's a similar thing called a sub pack, which is much bigger, much like a backpack, and that's one of my favorite gadgets of all time. Really, really amps up your movies and your home theater, and you can use it in gaming and stuff like that. So you could use this for gaming as well, and, and anything where you can plug in a, a headphone jack, basically. I mean, it's kind of interesting, but that's like super, super niche. Also, you're a weirdo who likes to wear subwoofers. Uh, yes, <laughs> I am. That, that is what's on my business card. Yeah. Uh, Nicole, anything good? Um, I've seen a few things that I think are worth talking about. Um, the first thing that comes to mind is the LG Thin TV. It was literally like, I think, two millimeters thick or something. It, it kind of looks like you've, it's just like a picture on the wall. It does look like a picture on the wall. And it, in fact, it has to be hung on the wall because it's so thin, it, like, it has no stand for it. So it needs to be wall mounted. So how do you mount it to the wall? You, you, you buy like a wall mount and you mount it to your wall. Well, I was saying you could, um, we talked about this earlier with Kerry on stage. I was saying it's like, you know that tape you get from the shopping channel or whatever it is that's like meant to replace nails? Yeah. So like that industrial tape. I'm imagining that their, their share price is going to go up when those TVs. <laughs> well, because that's what I'm thinking is you've got this like crazy thin uh, TV that looks like you're hanging art on the wall. Yeah. You don't like what, like a traditional mount that's like sticks out from the wall several inches and like looks like a piece of machinery it kind of defeats the purpose right yeah i think to do so you would have to make it to look like art you yeah. look like a frame or something make it look nice that's the idea anyway i mean it does introduce uh, some uh problems that you don't necessarily think about which is if you've got a lot of hdmi gear yeah um normally that's all around the back so yeah. it's either got to be around the edges or i think we were saying that they actually have one flat master cable that comes yeah. out mm. and then i guess that splits out into, into a hub of some right. kind yeah. Yeah. And because so, in 2017, it's all about the dongles and the breakout boxes. You're the dongle. Right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have to say, though, I think the, probably the most impressive thing that I've seen at this show is something called the Seven Hugs Smart Remote. And it's basically a remote control for everything in your home. Yeah, so I've heard a lot about this. Several people have told me about this. I still don't quite understand it. So it's basically... I mean, that's basically what I was describing. Uh, and it uses a Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and infrared. 
um, and in, as well as internal positioning sensors that you put in your room, I guess. And by just like, sort of triangulating where you are, where, where you're pointing the remote at, and for example, I can point the remote at my Nest thermostat, and the screen on the remote will change and adapt to whatever I'm pointing at, so I can, I can just change the temperature of the Nest by just pointing at it. And right. I can like, point the remote at my Philips Hue light, and it'll, I can just change the light by just pointing at it. I just wonder how accurate that is, because if you've got, again, boxes under the TV, so maybe you've got like a, I don't know, something else, like a place, like a It's not infrared. Thing. It uses, like, again, you, you, you put like these three positional sensors in your room, and it sort of triangulates where you are. So it's not, it's not relying on like infrared. Uh, I mean, there is everything. infrared as well, but right. it's, it's sort it's of helping both. separate yeah, it out with uh -huh. these other sensors. It uses like Wi-Fi and Bluetooth, and there's like the, the the really interesting thing to me is that it's like the the screen on the remote changes depending on what you're pointing at, and that's pretty cool, you know. So um. <laughs> does, I kind of wonder if that goes back to what we were talking about earlier, like controlling things that you can already control with your phone. Yeah. See, that's and that's I, this is one of the reasons I say I don't quite understand it. Like I don't. Well, it is a. It is a lot less intimidating form factor than right, when you think about a remote control. Right, you think control. about it, you need different apps for those different devices. Right. This yeah. is just the one thing that you're holding in your hand. It, you can just like do it like that and just and change it. some of them do talk together, but a lot of them, it's really hard to get all of your stuff in one place. Yeah. So, so is it physical buttons or is it an LCD? It's touch screen. Touch so I was going to say, so like the configuration changes. So like yeah. if you're mm -hmm. going from a TV to something else. And the really cool thing I mean, that I thought was cool that um, if you point it at your your TV, it, and it recognizes different set-top boxes. So smart, it's like a Samsung smart TV uh, uh, um, display. You can have a Heroku display. You can have a like an Apple TV display. So it sort of adapts to your entertainment system too. That's pretty good. Yeah. What about you, Terrence? Uh, I have not seen much. I mean, honestly, the best thing I've seen is probably the uh, that Peak and Everlast partnership that I went to last night. Oh, yeah. Um, so, but this is also kind of a wait and see. Like, I find it very intriguing just because of who I am. So, uh, Peak and Everlast work together. Peak is this company that makes sensors for sports and stuff. They have a uh, training device for tennis, um, golf, skiing and kite surfing for some reason, but whatever. Um, but they worked with Everlast to build these sensors that you can put on a hand wrap and take them in the ring and like do training and he heavy bag training and it like identifies your punches, tells you how hard you're hitting, how fast your hands are not just going out but also retracting to protect yourself. So like there's a whole bunch of information that it pulls in and then the app like tries to identify what your best assets are. So it's like, you know, you've got a hell of a left hook, you should use that more often. Um, so I find that all really fascinating. Uh, I, it's, I'm always a little bit skeptical, though, of these uh, sports wearables, especially the more complicated ones. Like endurance sports where you're only worrying about distance, step count, or like heart rate is really, really easy. Anything that requires like complicated motion and like multiple body parts is always super tricky. So I wonder how well it's going to come together in the end. So how good is your left hook? Um, probably not very good. I haven't had to throw it in a very long time. You seem more like a jab kind of guy, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm gonna get in tight and just like <laughs> start know. kicking, pulling hair. Yeah, Bo body I'm, blows. I'm, a, I'm like a phone booth fighter. Oh, fair enough. Uh, the worst thing you've seen? It's not the well. <laughs> it's not really the worst, but it's more like a wait and see. I, I, I'm I'm hoping that none of the reps thing? for these companies are sitting out here right yeah, now. Yeah. So, 
at Unveiled, there were a ton of French startups this year. Like, insane amount. So one of them has a glucose monitor that you wear on your wrist, like a smartwatch. It looks just like a smartwatch. And on the backside, it has a little sensor with tiny needles that go into your skin. And the way it tests for glucose, your glucose level is, it takes a small sample of skin fluid and there's some bioindicators, biomarkers in this skin fluid that can tell how much glucose has been absorbed from your bloodstream. Okay. So you push a button, you have to wait about 30, 45 seconds for it to extract and then analyze and then give you the reading. Um, so they also have one for athletes that you wear on your arm that does the same te- does a similar test but for lactic acid buildup in your muscles. So um, obviously they have the devices, they have working prototypes, but they have to get approval because okay. the thing goes into your skin. And yeah. So um, I'm curious to see if it actually makes it, and I'm also curious like. They didn't have enough sensors for me to try, and as someone with type 1 diabetes who wears a continual, continuous glucose monitor all the time, I'm like really curious to see how accurate that yeah. is. So, because even the monitor that I wear now, I still have to manually input something from a finger stick every once in a while yeah. to calibrate it. So. So that's not really a worst. That's more of just healthy skepticism about a thing that yeah, seems like it might be vaguely like interesting. A, a glucose monitor now, you wear it on your belly, and this is something you wear on your wrist. So they're not exactly like one's checking blood glucose, yeah. one's checking glucose levels in something else. So Might be some discrepancies there. Yeah, but this already beams stats to my phone, so I can just couple yeah. taps see exactly what it is i don't have to wait the 45 seconds or however long for the test to run so it'll also cost about 1500 dollars a year oh jesus oh my god the the device itself is around a hundred dollars 150 dollars and each sensor is around 100 150 dollars uh james anything uh spark your ire here yeah well not so much ire but um uh, chris velasco was testing it last night at pepcom it's called the Popeye or Pop E and a P O P dash I, and it's a backpack with a, a oh e, god e paper display in the back. So you should go to Engadget.com and search for Popeye. It's probably one of the best lead images we've run on a post oh, yeah. for a long, long time. It's so it's, bad, it's good. <laughs> it's it's also just like I don't know why, why, why. That's they should have called it why, why, why because <laughs> because there's no logical thing. I'm sure they've got a plan. Maybe. Nicole? I don't know if it's worse, but uh, I've already mentioned it, which is the voice-activated trash can. Oh, yeah. It's very I mean, much that's... a... I mean, it's like, really? I mean, also, it's really expensive. It's like $100 for what? a trash can that you just... If you spend that I... much on a trash can, you should, of, like, go seek mental help. Like, How much was it? It's $180 for like the single no. bin and $230 for like the dual bin. Is that actually for the bin or is it a thing you put on the bin that does it? Nope. No. It's, no. The, it's like, the bin itself, right? Like, like, one, like one's a single yeah. cabinet, one's like a two thing for us recycling. But uh, it's $200 for a trash can. So dumb. <laughs> no. Come on, Terry. Uh, I mean, it's pretty easy. Again, I haven't seen much, but I did see the 
Oral-B smart toothbrush. Um, in general, smart toothbrushes and things are kind of dumb to begin with. I don't need, like, cameras and shit in my mouth. Do you want a camera in your mouth? Do you? I mean, only at the dentist. Yeah. Like, Not every day. Yeah, I don't want to be staring at that. Um, the Oral-B one doesn't put a camera in your mouth, so it's better than some of the other ones we've seen. But it does force you to, like, mount your phone on your mirror, and then it uses the front-facing camera to analyze your brushing patterns. But it's good for selfies, then, if yeah, nothing like, else. Selfie brushing. Selfie brushing. Yeah. Not to be confused with the selfie brush, yes. which is completely different. Completely different thing. The selfie brush is probably a uh, more compelling product. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, any final thoughts? Can I go home? No. <laughs> Um, you still have a few more days here. It's worth a shot. Yep. You'll have to look at my dumb face for a little bit longer, guys. Nah, you get used to it after a while. <laughs> you grow numb. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, we got to wrap it up. Thanks for joining me, guys. Uh, we'll be back again tomorrow with another episode of the podcast. Uh, so stay tuned and plenty more good stuff to come from the stage here at CES. <laughs>